Welcome to another lecture in the MSK Cornerstone course. This is a continuation of our sports medicine series. In this lecture, we will address injuries in the overhead throwing athlete. I know this can be a painful topic, especially for non-sports medicine physicians that don't take care of athletes, but in fact, there's a ton of research on this, which makes it a highly testable topic. In this lecture, we'll review GERD, or glenohumeral internal rotation deficit, internal impingement, and slap lesions, or superior labral anterior to posterior tears, as well as little leaguer's shoulder. At the conclusion of the lecture, we'll also talk briefly about some tendon tears that are seen frequently in sports medicine. All right, so let's begin. So this is sports, and again, we love acronyms. So what does SLAP stand for again? Superior labrum from anterior to posterior tear. So let's first talk about some anatomy, and then we'll go over the clinical presentation. Quick testable point. If the glenoid is a clock face, where does the biceps typically insert in relation to the 12 o'clock position? And we mentioned this in the shoulder anatomy section. Most commonly, it is posterior or posterior dominant about 70% of the time. 25% of the time, it is at 12 and about equally distributed anterior and posteriorly. And rarely, it is anterior to the 12 o'clock position. How much does the labrum increase the glenoid depth? About 50%. So the bicep tendon inserts at the superglenoid tubercle and superior labrum. The superior labrum has a relatively poor blood supply in this area, and it is the weak link that leads to tearing when exposed to repetitive microtrauma. So what are the phases of throwing? There are five main phases of throwing, wind-up, cocking, acceleration, deceleration, and follow-through. Remember that late cocking and early acceleration are problematic as well as deceleration. The importance of the kinetic chain from the feet through the trunk and the shoulder girdle all the way to ball release has been emphasized recently. Testable points are that in the late cocking phase, torque is at its maximum in the shoulder joint as well as the shoulder is at its maximally externally rotated position. During late cocking, patients with internal impingement or glenohumeral internal rotation deficits may experience pain. Furthermore, the most harmful phase of throwing with regard to the rotator cuff is with deceleration, and this is consistent with many muscular injuries, as during the deceleration phase, the muscles are contracting eccentrically. So how do throwing injuries occur? Many overhead throwers have a tightness in the posterior capsule, particularly in the posterior inferior glenohumeral ligament. This tightness shifts the mechanics of the humerus on the glenoid face during abduction and external rotation. This may result in a loss of internal rotation when compared to the non-throwing arm. As the pitcher goes through their windup and reaches the late cocking phase, the humeral head shifts posterior superiorly on the glenoid face. This altered contact position does several things. First, it causes increased shear stress at the superior labrum secondary to a pull of the biceps tendon on its anchor point. It can also cause impingement on the articular side of the rotator cuff on the posterior superior labrum, causing undersurface fraying of the cuff and degeneration of the labrum. The anterior inferior glenohumeral ligament also becomes lax, leading to an overall micro-instability. Pain located in the posterior deltoid may indicate internal impingement. Slap lesions may present similarly in throwers with pain and decreased performance. In an elite level pitcher, a decrease of a few miles an hour may make the difference between playing and getting cut, so they'll notice it quickly when their performance starts to suffer. They may also experience a clicking or catching sensation in the shoulder. Range of motion should be examined in all overhead athletes to assess for glenohumeral internal rotation deficit. 
They may demonstrate increased external rotation with a lack of internal rotation in comparison to the non-throwing arm. If they demonstrate a decrease of greater than 25 degrees of internal rotation, this is diagnostic of GERD. These tests should be performed with the patient's supine so the scapula is stabilized. On physical exam, patients with a slap lesion may have a positive O'Brien's test, crank test, and dynamic shear test. They may have some tenderness over the biceps tendon if they have a slap lesion. Furthermore, paralabral cysts, commonly spinoglenoid cysts, are frequently associated with slap lesions. What muscle will experience denervation with compression at the spinoglenoid notch? The infraspinatus. Supraspinatus will be spared as it is innervated proximally. So radiographs should be obtained and they are frequently normal. In the case of internal impingement, what might an axillary radiograph show? A Bennett lesion or glenoid exostosis. This is a hypertrophic calcification of the posterior capsule. This is not to be confused with a Bennett fracture. All right, quick hand anatomy review. What is a Bennett's fracture? It is an intraarticular fracture at the base of a thumb. And what three muscles provide the deforming forces to a Bennett's fracture? The abductor pollicis longus, the extensor pollicis longus, and the adductor pollicis, which pull the fragment proximally, dorsally, ulnar angulate it, and supinate it. Okay, back to our shoulders and sports topics. An MRI is the imaging modality of choice for overhead throwing athletes. T2 weighted MRIs may show postal lesions or partial articular sided tendon avulsions, posterior labral fraying, or even marrow edema in the greater tuberosity. Slap lesions may show an increased signal between the superior labrum and the glenoid rim at the 12 o'clock position. If a cyst is present in compressing the suprascapular nerve, you may see increased signal intensity within the infraspinatus. So how do we treat, how do we treat these pathologies? As with most orthopedic conditions, particularly in overhead athletes currently in season, this is treated with physical therapy, rest, and anti-inflammatories. If the patient has GERD or internal impingement, physical therapy should focus on posterior capsular stretching exercises, rotator cuff strengthening, and periscapular muscular strengthening. Testable physical therapy exercises include the sleeper stretch and the cross-body adduction test. Remember, treat the pathology. If the problem is the capsule is too tight posteriorly, leading to altered mechanics, then stretch out the posterior capsule. Emphasizing core strength and the kinetic chain are also vital for the success of overhead throwing athletes. If the patient fails conservative management, they may undergo arthroscopic debridement of a posta lesion or possible repair of a slap lesion. Quick refresher, what depth of partial rotator cuff tears should undergo completion and repair? Articular side tears between 6 and 7 millimeters of depth and bursal sided tears greater than 3 millimeters in depth. Remember, A as twice as deep as B. Articular is twice as deep as bursal. Articular, 6 millimeters. Bursal, 3 millimeters. How do you manage a slap lesion encountered in a non-overhead throwing patient found incidentally on exam for another procedure, for example, a rotator cuff repair? The slap lesion can be treated conservatively, as fixation may cause increased postoperative stiffness. The goal of operative treatment of a slap lesion is to repair the superior labrum, and this is typically done with suture anchors into the glenoid. Now, how will a slap lesion look on arthroscopy? I'm not going to go into the full details of the slap lesion classification system, as this is far beyond testable material. Just know that the two most common tear patterns involved a bucket handle tear with a detachment of the superior labrum from the glenoid and labral fraying with a detached biceps tendon anchor. If the arm is draped free during arthroscopy, you can check for a peel-back test. 
This is done by maximally abducting and externally rotating the shoulder. With this maneuver, you will see the biceps anchor pull on the superior labrum, demonstrating a tear at the level of the glenoid. Previous test questions have focused on rehabilitation following operative intervention of a slap lesion. Patients should undergo early passive range of motion exercises and possibly active assisted range of motion exercises, keeping the arm within the plane of the scapula. They should avoid any external rotation maneuvers as this places undue stress across the repair. All right, let's turn now from slap lesions to little leaguer shoulder. Little leaguer shoulder is a Salter Harris type 1 physial injury to the proximal humerus frequently seen in adolescent pitchers and tennis players. Throwing and overuse of the shoulder causes repetitive microtrauma to the growth plate. The Salter Harris fracture occurs through the hypertrophic zone and it is the weakest point of the growth plate. Patients typically present with pain that is worse with throwing and it occurs during the late cocking, early acceleration phases of pitching. On physical exam, the patient may have tenderness directly over the physis of the proximal humerus and pain with shoulder rotation. Plain radiographs are usually unremarkable. However, they may show a wide proximal humeral physis. An MRI of the shoulder typically shows edema and is helpful in delineating any other glenohumeral pathology. First-line treatment is to rest and to counsel the patient and their parents and coaches that the patient must refrain from pitching for two to three months. They may be treated with ice, physical therapy, and a gradual return to throwing. This injury is easily preventable if pitch count recommendations are followed by the patient and the coaching staff. Furthermore, the throwing of breaking ball pitches has also been implicated in the development of little leaguer shoulder, and therefore, breaking pitches should be discouraged until skeletal maturity. Finally, let's talk about some tendon ruptures that we encountered in our sports medicine offices. First, let's talk about pectoralis major rupture. This is typically seen in male weightlifters performing bench press when the pectoralis major is undergoing eccentric contraction. Let's do some quick anatomical review. What innervates the pectoralis major muscle? The medial and lateral pectoral nerves. The pectoralis major muscle is made up of two heads, the clavicular and sternocostal muscles. Patients that tear the pectoralis major muscle will complain of a sharp tearing sensation commonly occurring again during the bench press. On physical exam, they will have a loss of the anterior axillary fold, some swelling and ecchymosis in the anterior arm, as well as weakness with adduction and internal rotation. Ecchymosis down the arm may indicate an avulsion from the bone. Radiographs are typically normal, and an MRI will demonstrate the location of the tear in any tendon retraction. Non-operative management is usually reserved for partial tears in low-demand patients. Most patients will undergo an open repair of the avulsed tendon, will undergo a primary surgical repair. And finally, let's talk about the rare latissimus dorsi rupture. A latissimus dorsi tear typically occurs in throwers or water skiers. In a thrower, it is felt to occur during the eccentric overload follow-through. Patients will present with pain, particularly with adduction and internal rotation. Following a latissimus dorsi tear, low-demand patients again can be treated non-operatively. However, high-demand athletes may require primary repair. All right, that concludes our lecture on shoulder injuries in the overhead throwing athlete and some of the common tendon avulsions we see in the upper extremity. Our next lecture will focus on some more shoulder pathology with adhesive capsulitis, avascular necrosis, and some of the common compression neuropathies of the upper extremity. As always, please check back for frequent updates and additions to the lecture. Thanks for listening.